Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. Where are you sitting right now? Well, if you aren't in your car or on some mode of transportation, the chances are that you're in a building. We spend roughly 80% of our lives indoors. And there's no denying buildings and real estate spaces play an important part in the way we live, work and play. Unfortunately, though, a large proportion of carbon emissions stems from building construction and operations and our transport choices from one building to another. In fact, buildings alone account for close to 40% of global energy-related carbon emissions. And with many of the buildings around today expected to still be standing by the net zero target date of 2050, I think it's time to get a check-in on how the industry is progressing when it comes to sustainable buildings. Are we moving fast enough? To find out now, we're joined by Adrian Pearson, who's the Vice President of Strategy at Aviva. Aviva is a smart property management platform that enables efficient management of spaces, buildings and cities. Adrian, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. It's a pleasure, Rachel. Thank you for having me. So, Adrian, as I mentioned, according to some stats, buildings alone account for about 40% of global energy-related carbon emissions. At the same time, less than 40% of companies globally have made progress when it comes to the goal of improving energy efficiency of buildings. What more can be done to get things moving at a faster pace? A building is a complex beast. Um, there are a lot of people involved, a lot of organizations involved, a lot of systems involved. Um, and therefore, the more complex it is, the more complex it is to move uh, and to make a, a significant transition. Um, customers, so when I say customers, there we can have three blocks of customers. You have the owner uh, of the building or the buildings, the operator, uh, the ones that make it work, the facility managers, and then you have the occupants, the tenants and their employees generally. Um, each of these companies now being pressed to do ESG reporting, to be sustainable, to be low carbon. But it's not essentially their core business to do that. And it's up to us uh, providers such as Iviva to to help them and to really take them on that journey. So they don't really know where to start. And it's not really up to them to do that. It's really up to us to to say, right, let's start small. And I think that's the key. Since the projects are um, relatively complex, they have um, a bit of an overwhelming situation. They go, oh, God, we've got to change everything at once. But we've got to start somewhere. And our job, um, not just us, but everyone in the industry, is to go block by block. Uh, within a building, there are hundreds of, of different systems, and we have to encourage them to change it one by one and take them onto that journey. And that's why I think. The evolution has been so far uh, relatively slow because they didn't really know where to start. And also, um, there are so many actors in this field, so they don't really know who to go to. Um, and therefore, the cycles of change are a little slow. But now we can see uh, through the COP28, uh, through all the initiatives of governments like Singapore, uh, they're not just putting pressure, but they're actually helping these organizations to change uh, more easily. So it's getting there, but it has been a bit slow. And also, I'll finish there, is that 
it's always you know the characteristic um is they didn't really have to do anything uh, until covid simply because um a building an office building was generally filled with employees every day from monday to friday uh, and COVID changed that. A lot of people hybrid work, remote work. So now there's a more proactive move on making buildings more sustainable, not only for a financial and legislative purpose, but to re-attract people back to the office. But shouldn't the onus be on the building owners? So, yes, uh, the, um, the building owner is essentially the decision maker. About 80% of the buildings that are standing today we still be standing in 2050 when we all throughout the world have to be net zero. And we're probably one, maybe let's say 5% at most throughout the world, net zero buildings. There are very few in the world. So it, it, it's very difficult for them because it's a very large investment. And once again, where do they start? Do they start on stripping everything and doing things again, which is not a viable solution financially? So they have to do what we call a retrofitting. And this is where companies like IV are coming, is we help them optimize the systems that have been in place for the last 10, 15, 20 years. So when you have a machine, a chiller, for example, an equipment like a chiller that's been there for a decade and has cost, let's say, a million dollars, um, the objective is really to extend the life of that equipment. And when you have tens, if not hundreds of equipment, then it it, it's a real it's a real strategy to 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 get everything along and to get the right company to help them optimize each piece of equipment. But there's lots of moving parts. Uh, so yes, the owner is the decision maker, but why should they do it? That's the ultimate question. And the answer is that now tenants are asking to have energy uh, optimized buildings, which wasn't the case a few years ago, and that's why the movement has been slow because. They didn't have to, and now they do. Okay, and we're going to get to the Aviva solutions in a minute, but perhaps you can tell us the current state of affairs within the region. We all know about the Green Building Initiative here in Singapore. What's the state across the region? Um, I mean, the, the region is is very much like all the other regions. It's We have these international regulations um, and that they have to cascade down. They have to cascade down at the national levels. So if we look at Singapore, we focus on Singapore uh, first before going into the region. I mean, if we take APAC as a region, Singapore is probably by far the most advanced in terms of legislation and supporting bodies. The BCA, Building Construction Authority, uh, there's a simple Green Building Council, there's Enterprise Singapore, there's SG. Lots of entities that help organizations um, move towards a, a greener building or greener built environment. Um, so that's quite rare in the region. Uh, other countries, for example, in Australia, are relatively advanced, if not very advanced, on the environmental front in the building environment. But that's the thing. It's There is so much data in the building, and there is so much data in the portfolio of buildings. It's, um, I mean, we've experienced it. When you go into a building, uh, some information is still on a paper format. Um, we're in 2024 and we have to extract information uh, that have been written down and they are physically in a book somewhere in a basement in a building that's worth tens of millions of dollars. 
So the first thing is to really structure that information. And um, the actors of this industry have to be able to, to, to format all that information and, and facilitate that change. So it's good to have legislation, but if if it's difficult for them to 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 implement these changes, it's very difficult for them to move. They don't really know where to start. So yes, there is the international push COP28. Then it cascades down to a national level. Uh, and in Singapore, obviously, they're very active. But then it's up to the corporate level to enact all of this. When I say the corporate, it's it's the owners, it's the operators, and it's the occupants. Which means that themselves they have to uh, they have to incentivize their staff to use um, let's say the MRT or to use other methods of transport because everyone has to collaborate and work together to drive down uh, the energy consumption. It's not about replacing something by another. If we do that, then the whole thing crumbles. We really have to completely lower down um, energy usage, whether it's at home or whether it's the office. So really, future-proof buildings need to be adaptive to fulfill sustainability requirements. Maybe you can tell us, how do Eviva's solutions fit in here? For the last 30 years, this industry hasn't really changed. It's without naming uh, uh, anyone, there's, there's, there's like in most industries, there are very big players. And these very big players have been around for many years. Um, but now with AI and IoT, uh, and, and, and the proliferation of, of, of smaller organizations, there are lots of solutions available. Um, and the key is to have an open ecosystem, is to work with the big guys, the medium guys, and the smaller guys. So our job, and I think where IVBA comes in, is the integration part. And this is the key because, as I said earlier on, is a building has so many systems, subsystems that will be, let's say, the lift, then the uh, heating, the ventilation, the air conditioning, uh, the visitor management systems, they will have to speak to all the tenants. And all of these systems are in silos. So each organization that has implemented these systems 10, 20 years ago when the building was built, they have their own codes. They have their own um, communication protocols. Our job is to bring everything together under one roof into a single platform that enables the building operator or the building owner to see operate and monitor everything that goes on. And that is done through what we call a digital twin, which is a digital replica of the building. When you see, for example, um, a, a computer games, you have these platform games and you can move around in a virtual world. What we do is essentially the same thing, is we completely digitalize not only the building, but everything that goes on. And we do that by using machine learning and AI and by essentially using a few methods, but the main one is predictive maintenance. And predictive maintenance sounds simple, uh, but it delivers a key output, which is to predict what's going to go wrong before it does. That alone is, enables all the, all the people that are involved in a process to go, okay, this is gonna break down in three weeks. By knowing that, I can then make sure that the right person at the right time will be present in that location to repair that equipment, which in turn lowers the cost of acquisition of the spare parts, which optimizes the manpower of that specific building or that portfolio. And, and ensures that there is no downtime because we know something's gonna break down. So the key to iViva is, is that, is to, is to provide a digital twin that empowers 
the owner and the operators to know what's going to go wrong before it does. Thank you, Adrian. We've been speaking with Adrian Pearson. He's the Vice President of Strategy at Eviva. I'm Rachel Kelly, and you've been listening to Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to hear more, you can follow Eco Money on Spotify or, as always, click and have a look on the audio app. That's A W E D I O, and look for Eco Money with me, Rachel Kelly.